Welcome back to the next Cedarville Stories podcast. I'm Mark Weinstein, your host. And if you're joining me for the first time in a while, I want you to know that we're using the month of September as a bridge to the 2020-2021 podcast series. So for this month only, we are diving back into the archives and airing our top five podcasts from last year in what we're calling a September to Remember Minnesota podcast. Hymns sung by your grandma. Big picture questions from a college philosophy class, a three-hour conversation with Mary Alice Jeremiah, and the witness of women's sports teams from Cedarville were all benchmarks on Pam Johnson's unique path to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Specifically, that philosophy class at the University of Dayton prompted a two-year search for answers that helped her understand the answers from Mary Alice Jeremiah that moved Pam to place her trust in Jesus. Listen to this week's September to Remember Cedarville Stories minisode as Pam shares with me her unique journey to faith that has a profound Cedarville flavor. How did the Lord open your heart to him? He knew that I needed people to reach out to me because I was the third of three girls in a family and was used to kind of sitting back and watching and listening. And so he knew that I was also not very brave or courageous. And so I was raised in a home that thought it was important to send the children to church. Okay. So I was in the Midwest. And so that's what you did. The kids went to church. Mom and dad might go on Easter and Christmas and good years. So I had been raised in a church, had been around church things all the time, Uh, spent the first four years of my life really living with um, my dad's parents. My parents were divorced shortly after I was born. And so we lived with them for four years, four houses from a church. And we were in that church every time it was uh, Mm. open. Interestingly, not more than three or four blocks from Dr. Jeremiah's church in Dayton, but knew nothing about it. Uh, So it's kind of interesting for me to look back and see all the little connections that were close, but hadn't come together yet. Uh, My grandmother had a little baby grand piano in her living room, and I grew up hearing hymns the first four years, five years of my life, Mm. and I loved them. And to this day, I still love hymns. But that's where I think some of my early Um, learning of scripture and learning of God's truth actually came from those hymns. So fast forward a little bit, my dad got married and um, again, we were sent to church. And so I I learned some stories. I learned some things about church, but not the gospel and not the, the truth of God's word. So what he used ultimately, my middle sister, Beverly, actually came to Christ first in the family. And she dutifully tried to share that truth with me. I dutifully, as a bratty little sister. No. Yeah. I know this is a shock, so I thought I'd reveal. Thank you, Pam. (laughs) That I would, um, I made fun of her. I told her it was all because she wanted this boyfriend, and Mm. I just poo-pooed it. But I think there was still some little bit going on in the back of my mind, like, she's different. And and what's going on here? God took me and gave me the opportunity to go to college um, when the University of Dayton offered full tuition scholarships 
to the top two students in the graduating classes of all the public schools in the Dayton area. Okay. Um, and, and an effort on the part of UD to keep local kids at home, which is not typically what college students want to do. But it was the only way I could go to college. And so I literally lived at home and took uh, the city transit bus to the University of Dayton my first year. And um, then finally was able to buy a little Volkswagen bug. That was fun. Um, and started my college journey. Nobody in my family had ever gone to college. So this was kind of very new. My mother's quite disappointed that I was going to go to college and not get a job and make something of myself there at the factory, their national cash register. Mm. But uh, God had a different plan. I didn't know he was behind it, but he was clearly. So University of Dayton is a Catholic university. I was not a Catholic. Um, I was a Protestant, as it were. And um, so I had to take a philosophy minor Mm -hmm. instead of the Catholic catechism classes that the Catholic students had to take. And is that allowed at uh, at UD typically? Yes, that was the that was the arrangement. Okay. They they admitted um, non-Catholics. Anyone. Right. As long as you met their standards uh, academically, uh, you were admitted. But uh, so I took a philosophy minor. Okay. Very interesting. I never had any philosophy classes before. The very first class was a class called Moral and Spiritual Values, mm. taught by one of their brothers, interestingly. And uh, through that course, God started me thinking about the real questions of life. What did I really believe? Who did I really believe in? And why did I believe that? Mm-hmm. So I was commuting. So I went back to my church on Sundays and started asking questions. They said, wow, you ask a lot of really good questions. Maybe you could teach a Sunday school class for us. And I'm oh, like, really? No, I'm looking for answers. They had no answers. They had no answers for me. And so I, I really started my search. And it grew out of those, those philosophy classes that started my journey. So I went through my freshman year, which is an interesting year for anybody, really seeking answers to a lot of questions. And this was the 60s. So there was a lot of questioning of all things, all people in authority and all established things. So I didn't know, I didn't know what to think, who to ask, who to trust. Over the first couple of years there at UD, I went to a couple Catholic masses to see, and the one I went to uh, was in Latin, and I'm like, I had one year of Latin. That did not help me a great deal. I, I talked to my friends. I was like, what are they saying? Well, I don't know. We'll just memorize it and go on. It was, mm. it was very interesting. They didn't have answers for me. I kept searching around. So I started um, being involved in some of the athletics what little athletics they had for girls in those days. This was the, in the 60s. And women's college athletics were just beginning to come back from being essentially totally shut down for a period of time. And so I joined the field hockey team. We played this school called Cedarville College. That was my first exposure to okay. Cedarville College. I lived 45 minutes away from it and had never heard of it. But we weren't a college family. So I didn't do a college search or anything like that. It was just, that's, I just never had heard of it. And well, it wasn't in the news. Well, no, and there was no internet back then. No, there was no internet, what little television, you know, little squirt, just kidding. There just wasn't. The uni- the college wasn't really promoting itself right. particularly well. They were struggling to to really get their feet on the ground solidly as, as I came to know it. When was this? Like, what? This was late 60s. Late 60s. Okay. And so, um, 
interestingly, then, um, I had heard of it only because our principal at Patterson Co-op in Dayton, where I went to high school, C.B. Hurst, actually left Patterson and came over to Cedarville as um, admissions director and some things okay. for a period of time. And that was my only, the only time I'd heard it until we started playing against Cedarville's team. Well, what we found out is our faculty and some of the Cedarville faculty were friends. Okay. And they were also interested in getting some girls' sports started and getting things going. Was UD at that point a Division One program? Women's were not. Okay. Okay. Now, the men's program definitely was. Okay. The UD Flyers, yeah. When I was there, we got to play UCLA. Okay. In the NCAA, I believe, semifinals. And we lost there. But... Had a great run. It was an incredible time. Yeah. I, so yes, the, I, I asked because in today's sports world, to have a Division One program, NCAA Division One program, play against even a, a Division Two program is unheard of, let alone an NAIA school. Sure. So that was amazing back then that they would play us. But see, women's sports were totally different. There okay. was nothing for women. Okay. And uh, there weren't even NAIA didn't offer anything, and neither did NCAA. So the women started their own. We could okay. go on for another podcast on the history of women's athletics. But we, may, we may do that. <laughs> okay. But uh, so I um, started becoming acquainted. Now, what was interesting to me was the Cedarville College teams, the girls on those teams were very different than any of the other teams we played. We didn't play big schedules, but they were kind. They were pretty good, actually. And they were, they were very attractive to me. And so, and we'd see the same kids on different teams. The okay. kids that played field hockey would also play basketball, would sure. also play volleyball, would also play softball. Well, then um, I ended up going to a camp and being a counselor at a camp here in Ohio because we had to get a certain number of hours working with school-age students um, before we did our student teaching. Okay. We had no experience in the schools mm -hmm. in our physical education program before we did our student teaching but we had to get like 1,800 hours. And the best way to do it was camp. Well, camp was where I really met the Cedarville College students. Okay. They were there doing some of the same things. And uh, Mary Alice Jeremiah and June Kearney were also counselors at that camp. Okay. And wow. they were kind of the head counselors at it, kind of leading the camp, directing the camp. So got a summer exposure to Cedarville College students and faculty. Mm-hmm. So that was my, between my freshman and sophomore year, that was my first real in-depth exposure. My sophomore year, Mary Alice Jeremiah joined the faculty at the University of Dayton. And that gave me someone there to be able to talk to, ask questions. So this search went on my freshman year, my sophomore year. You know, freshman year, you're just trying to survive. Sophomore year, you're pretty convinced you know everything. Right. Because you've survived your freshman year. And so junior year rolls around. I'm a slow learner. Um, although one, one incident, the, the summer of my sophomore year at camp, I remember um, asking Mary Alice why she went to the church that she went to. It was more of a general question because, again, I had tried some other churches. I'd gone to the Catholic masses. Sure. And they just went because it was there. Right. So I asked her, I said, why do you go to the church that you go to? I don't think I ask another question for three hours. She saw that as an opening sure. to really give a background for what she believed 
why she believed it, and why the Bible was so critical to that. I had never heard that before from like a regular person, not a pastor or a priest or a preacher or anything like that. Which you would hope or expect to. Right. And so that was huge for me. So I'm going into my junior year. Now, your junior year as a college student, you start realizing you know nothing and reality's coming in a year, a little over a year and a half or so. So to shorten this to less than an hour, we ended up going to a field hockey tournament over at Ball State University. And coincidentally not, um, Cedarville team and our team were staying at the same Holiday Inn. So we'd go, um, and this was on um, actually a, a... Catholic holiday, we didn't have classes that day because it was All Saints Day, November 1st. So we went to the tournament, played in our tournament. Um, So in the evening, the girls from the Cedarville team invited us to come to their team devotions. Well, I couldn't get any of the other kids to go, but I wanted to go. I I liked these kids. They were fun to be around. They were so kind. So I went. And they sang songs. It was just, it was sweet. It was sweet. And then they shared And one of the girls shared that she had just broken off her engagement Mm. because she understood the Lord was calling her to the mission field and her potential fiancé was not interested in that. Well, that speaks pretty powerfully to junior females in college, I'm just saying. And what I realized in that moment was these kids had what I was looking for, and that's what I wanted. But again— I was a little too chicken to say anything. You were shy back then. I was shy back then. I'm still shy. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, And so I went back to my room, and my mind is running a mile a minute. And about 10 minutes later, there's a knock on the door. I'm assuming it's Coach checking on us. No, it's one of the Cedarville kids. She said, I thought you might want to talk. What made her think that? I have no idea, but I'm assuming it's the Holy Spirit. Good point. That prompted her. And so she came in. I had a gazillion questions, poor dear. But as, as I got to the point where I realized, okay, this is what I'm looking for. I need to ask Christ to be my personal Savior. Wow. And, and so that was, so I got to become a saint on All Saints Day. Is that just cool? That is what? the coolest thing that could ever happen on that day. Isn't that sweet? That is very sweet. Thank you for listening to Cedarville Stories Podcast, brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by this conversation, like I was, please share this episode with a friend. If you know of an awesome Cedarville story, share it with us. We would love to showcase how God is at work in the Cedarville family. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another Cedarville story for God's glory.